You're listening to the Quality of Love Podcast. Your home for all things love, relationship, and mental health. Hosted by nationally certified life and relationship coach, Tyrone Dixon. Sit back, relax, and get tips on creating the life you deserve without wasting any more time. Welcome to the Quality of Love Podcast. I'm your host, Tyrone Dixon, nationally certified life and relationship coach, husband, father to two beautiful princesses, and CEO and founder of A Rose to Concrete Consulting. Thank you guys for taking the time out to listen in with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Tonight, we got another Wednesday question and answer episode geared up and ready to go for you guys. We appreciate you guys with all the questions that keep coming in to both our email as well as our Facebook Messenger page. Keep those questions coming in. Um, I'm loving the feedback and I really appreciate it. Also, want to say I appreciate the feedback that I've been receiving on the Meads Musing podcast that I did with the beautiful woman Ola Tuwanen in London. Uh, I've been getting some really, really good feedback. Actually, got a message this morning that it was it's her top show so far. So. Please keep that feedback coming in. I appreciate it. It's love all the way around the board. Um, As always, man, it's always love. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for giving the feedback. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling really good tonight. You guys have have given me a lot of positive confirmations that everything is going in the right direction in terms of the quality of love. So I want to say thank you. I'd also like to let you guys know that I did a, a, a Instagram live, my very first Instagram live interview with the one and only Tommy Billingsley on last night. I want you guys to check that out and follow her page. She's doing the amazing things in the city of Syracuse. Um, I would say that that Fearless Queens, which is her organization um, that she runs, is a is an organization. But I feel like it's more like a movement, man. If if you if you followed her, um, or if you know anything about her locally, um, she's she's a she's a mover and a shaker. So um, I really really enjoyed my time on her show on last night. Hopefully, I gave some good tips and tools to the women in her audience um, about self love and self care. Right. With that being said, that brings me to my quote of the day. I figured since I did the interview on yesterday, I might as well hit you guys with a, a, a self-love quote that I had stored in my back pocket for, let's say, a rainy day, right? So today is that rainy day. And this love quote uh, reads as follows. How you love yourself is how you teach others to love you. And that quote is by Rupi Kaur. And once again, that quote is how you love yourself is how you teach others to love you, right? And for me, um, I had that quote stored away for a little while, and it means just just being mindful of how you carry yourself and how you treat yourself because that's important, and you give off the energy and the perception. Um, when you give off any type of energy and perception, I should say, um, it's very important for you to be mindful of that because people are watching, and if you don't hold yourself to a certain standard, then people won't hold you to that standard either. And they'll try they'll they'll try to challenge your boundaries as you continue to grow and evolve through life. Question number one from our love and relationship side of things. How do I deal with being in love with my best friend? Once again, that question is, how do I deal with being in love with my best friend? I think you would you would want to have a, a conversation with them. What I would invite you to do 
is to have a dinner date, right? Where you have a night out, maybe go to your favorite restaurant or the place that you guys like to go often. And I would have a conversation with them, just expressing your feelings and letting them know how you feel. And with that being said, allow them to feel how they feel, right? So that means if your friend is not receptive to the same feelings or does not like you in that way, please be understanding and receptive to that and understand that the friendship can still go forward without it being a loving relationship or a loving friendship. You just got to shift your your thought process a little bit because I firmly believe that best friends specifically are very, very unique they're unique people. They usually have your best interests at heart and they're not people that you just want to leave or be dismissive of, right? Because they don't view this relationship the same way that you view it, right? So be mindful of that. And I would invite you to have the conversation and however the conversation goes, do what you can to maintain that friendship and don't think about it in a loving way if your friend does not view it that way. Question number two. How do you explain to a male that accepting help is not a sign of weakness? Once again, that question is, how do you explain to a male that accepting help is not a sign of weakness? I would invite you to show him examples of men that have gone out and seeked help in different areas, right? Specifically in mental health. When it comes to mental health, most men find it very, very difficult to express themselves and kind of say what they need to say. They feel like it's showing weakness and it's not not putting forth the bravado that a man is supposed to put forth, right? So I'd invite you to show him examples of men that were vulnerable, right? So we don't, we won't call it weakness. You could switch the word weak with vulnerable. Show him men that were vulnerable in in various situations and, and that seeked help, right? And they reached out to other people and show them how successful those people ended up being once they seeked out and accepted help. The second thing that I would invite you to do is show him examples of people that did not seek help, right? So um, there are a ton of examples among celebrities and athletes and famous people in general of people that didn't seek help and they got to their area of expertise, right? So they got to the top of the mountain in the area that they wanted to get to the top of the mountain and, and they were lonely, right? Or they felt like it wasn't what it was supposed to be or didn't feel like it was supposed to feel. And in most cases, the reason why they feel that way is because they didn't seek help and they figured that they would do it all on their own, so to speak. Right. And they ended up getting to that area and that destination and being lonely. Right. So show him those examples uh, and let him know that he can listen to this podcast as well, because we always give very, very good mental health uh, questions and information sessions with these Q&A. So. Feel free to have him reach out to me um, at the TQLP20 at gmail.com email address. Um, And then lastly, I would invite you to help him to seek social support. Right. So if in whatever his particular area is that you want to help him in, seek other social support networks like on Facebook or Instagram of men that are doing that type of work and are helping each other in that specific area. And it'll kind of open his mind up and give them a different perspective in terms of that situation in particular. Question number three, could a man begin to love a woman who at first he did not find physically beautiful and why? Once again, that question is, could a man begin to love a woman who at first he did not find physically beautiful and why? 
I would say the answer to that question is yes. And the reason why I would say yes to that is because we we often give give the idea or actually too much of too much thought to the idea of physical beauty, right? And in some cases we're dismissive of just the the other things like intellect and compassion, caring, empathy, all of those things that that make us love one another. We forget about those sometimes when we first look at the shallow aspects of physical beauty and don't look past it, right? So I would say yes. Um, I've, I've known many clients that have looked at the physical beauty of someone um, and then took in my advice, thankfully, and went on a date or went on a couple of dates with that person and found out that maybe they weren't as physically attracted to them as they wanted to be, but their intellect was overwhelmingly attractive to them or their area of expertise was just, they were so confident in that area that it made them more attractive, right? And you see that in a lot of cases. So I would say definitely um, don't get caught up in beauty. And if you are the woman, don't get too psychologically psyched out because maybe he didn't think you were beautiful at first. He certainly certainly can love you later because he found out a little more about you and found out that you're you're maybe not physically attractive to him to begin with. But everything else that you bring to the table is overwhelmingly attractive. Question number four. I keep thinking of my wife's past boyfriend. What do I do? Once again, that question is, I keep thinking of my wife's past boyfriend. What do I do? I think first you have to be brutally honest with yourself, excuse me, and ask yourself the questions of, of why are you thinking of this, right? Is it is it because your wife had an encounter with this person recently or your wife mentioned this person recently and it became an issue or a situation where now you're feeling like there may be something else there? Did you catch your wife cheating with this person? Right. What what's going on at the root of this this constant thought process about this other gentleman? And then the other thing that I would point to is your own insecurity. So so say your wife isn't mentioning them, has not brought any baggage into the relationship that you're in now. Um, I will look at your own personal insecurities and I don't mean this as an attack on you. I mean, this just to open your up, open you up to some different perspective. What is it that he has or had that makes you so insecure, right? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you have your wife now, right? And he had her before, and he's an ex now. So an ex is typically an ex for a reason. If she's not bringing the baggage into the relationship, you have to look at your own insecurities and really say, um, did he have more money than me? Did he have more fame? Whatever it is. And kind of squash that because it doesn't matter. She's your wife now. She was his wife or not even his wife, right? She didn't even get to the point of wife. She was his ex-girlfriend. Question number five. My boyfriend acts moody towards me and makes us both upset, but then is very loving two days after this. Is this normal? Once again, that question is, my boyfriend acts moody towards me and makes us both upset, but then is very loving two days after is this normal? I do not think this is normal behavior. For me, this is a classic indication of the crazy eight drama and trauma cycle. And what I mean by that, uh, going back to season one at this point in time, we've been we've been cranking these episodes out. Shout out to you guys for the encouragement. Um, but let me get back on track. 
going back to season one, I gave you guys the crazy eight figure, um, crazy figure eight trauma cycle. And what it is, is it's someone who loves to get extremely upset and experience that adrenaline rush. This is in this case, your boyfriend experience that adrenaline rush and get upset and then want to be loving and experience love and come back down. And as the relationships continue to go on, if this behavior continues, it'll just get more and more drastic, right? So it'll go from being moody to having all type of trauma and, and issues going on, drama, excuse me, not trauma, and issues going on with him that you can't quite figure him out and he'll keep you confused and on your toes. I would invite you to have a conversation with him. And in this conversation, just let him know that this isn't healthy for either one of you guys and you think that he should seek help for it. Any type of mental health help, a coach, um, a therapist, counselor, even a mentor, um, someone who we trust to talk about that and have that conversation because it's detrimental to him in the long run to keep having these drastic mood swings and to be experiencing it during this time and during this time by during this time. I mean, with COVID going on, it could put an extra layer of stress and trauma onto it. So that that's one thing that you want to be mindful of. And if you truly, truly love your boyfriend, I would invite you to invite him to seek some help about it because it can be mentally unstable and mentally um, harmful to both of you guys to stick around in that situation. Question number six. I'm so in love with a married man who says he's in love with me also. And is he playing me? Once again, that question is, I'm so in love with a married man who says he's in love with me also. Is he playing me? I would say absolutely. Um, I know it might be difficult to hear, but unfortunately, if this married man truly loves you um, as you say you love him, then he would be able to have a conversation with his wife that states that he's no longer in love with her or that situation no longer works for him. And he's found a relationship with you that he believe is la- he believes is lasting and will um, create the happiness that he seeks in life. Right. If he does not have this conversation with his now current wife, then the unfortunate reality is that you're playing a very, very dangerous game with your emotions, with his emotions and also with the emotions of his wife who I suspect is not aware of this affair, right? So the best advice that I can give you in this situation is to come forward with this information and be frank with him and let him know um, that it's not necessarily you or his wife. He has to, if he's genuinely feeling these emotions for you, then he has to commit to you fully and you only uh, because though if with the wife involved and having a wife, it just I'm telling you, I've seen these situations and very, very bad. So I invite you to be frank and get out of the situation sooner rather than later. If it's meant to be, then that's one thing. Uh, but it he has to be honest with himself and honest with his wife if he says if he loves you the way he says he loves you. All right, let's touch on this insight from a former narcissist. Question number one, why would a narcissist refuse an apology and peace offering? Our fighting is affecting our kids. Once again, that question is, why would a narcissist refuse an apology and peace offering? 
Our fighting is affecting our kids. Unfortunately, when dealing with narcissists, it's about total control, right? So a peace offering or an offering to not argue in front of the kids or to not have a fight in front of the kids, it does not work for them. Um, They want total control in the situation. They want to be able to have control over you. They want you to not have any say in the situation. Um, So a peace offering is not, it means nothing to them. Right. This is someone who's very, very self-centered, self-absorbed and only wants what they want. So having a having kids with a narcissistic individual can be very, very tough because normally you would think that you can suppress some of your heavy emotions and your high emotions when it comes to your children. With narcissists, they're so self-centered that they don't even consider children. Um, So. The best thing that you can do in the situation um, is not suppress who you are um, and not hold back your authentic self and find a way to create as much distance between yourself and the narcissistic individual as you possibly can with the thought in mind that you have children with this person. Right. So they'll, they'll probably never be an opportunity to completely terminate this relationship. Question number two. How do a narcissist brainwash their children and spouses? Once again, that question is, how do narcissists brainwash their children and their spouses? I think what they do, and this is typical of every narcissist, is they isolate people from their main source. So with kids, it might be a situation in which a narcissist projects themselves to be their child's superhero and also wants to be always wants to be seen in that light of superhero the only person that can make things happen the only person that can make you smile and make you happy so on and so forth that's how they manipulate children and of course with with children not knowing and having creative minds having a parent that's a superhero or that you see as a superhero is one of the coolest things right so that's one of the ways that they manipulate children When it comes to their spouses, what narcissists typically like to do is they like to cut you off from all of your social networks or your resources, right? So um, if you were somebody that spends a lot of time with your parents or spends a lot of time with friends or likes to have girls nights, any of those type of things, they usually take that away from you when they become your spouse and you got to become married with the idea being that they want to be the only person that you rely on and that you are dependent upon, right? So if you ever get in a bad spot or you ever need anything, they're the person to go to, not because they love you and they, they want to be the first person as a friend to know what's going on in your life, but they want total control and they want to isolate you so that you're dependent upon them. The relationships ultimately end up become becoming codependent, right? However, however, they can get you to be dependent upon them or view them as somebody that's always going to be the person that saves you so you can't rely on other people. That's how they manipulate both their children as well as their spouses in most situations. Question number three. Why did my ex-narcissist claim that I was so smart yet so stupid? What does that mean? Once again, that question is, why did my narcissistic ex claim that I was so smart yet so stupid? What does that mean? Typically, when that phrase is used by a narcissist, that means that you're very, very good at being book smart and maybe critically thinking in some aspects of life. But when you are emotionally charged, right? So when you experience heavy emotion, like them confusing you or giving you the runaround, 
you typically don't respond at your baseline manner, right? So you don't respond how you usually respond. So they say things like, oh, you're so smart, yet you're so dumb or you're so stupid. And that's just a tactic to confuse you even more, right? To create more confusion and, again, get you to look at things their way and view them as a victim and ultimately be dependent upon them. Um, No matter how highly high your intellect is, they still want to be the person that's dependent upon. In particular, if your intellect is high, that is a very, very um, intimidating thing for most narcissists. So be mindful of that as well. Question number four, do you believe in the existence of a final partner for a narcissist? Once again, that question is, do you believe in a fi- in an existence in the existence, excuse me, of a final partner for a narcissist? I, uh, I, I, I've, I'll, I'll put it this way. I've seen relationships in which a narcissist was married for 40, 50 years. Right. And that's 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 been the case. And unfortunately, it is. And in those situations, their partner is typically an individual who's become codependent upon them. Um, it has assimilated to whatever lifestyle that they, they would ask or like, right? So um, it's not that the partner is happy. It's just they're coexisting within the narcissist's realm and they're doing things as the narcissist would like, right? So yes, I would say yes, I've seen it. Um, and also I would say that it's not a situation in which both partners are happy within that relationship or within that marriage, right? It's usually one-sided if a narcissist ends up in a long-term or lasting relationship. Question number five, are narcissists basically using their symptoms, their symptoms of their illness, excuse me, as a tool? Once again, that question is, are narcissists basically using the symptoms of their illness as a tool? I I wouldn't say I, I would know the answer to that. It's pretty much specific to the individual what i will say for sure though that i've seen out of narcissists is that they'll use any tool um to their disposal to try to get the relationship that they're in to their advantage and create an opportunity to be viewed upon as the victim in that relationship right so um don't look at specifically tools of their illness they'll use any tool against you in any relationship to gain an advantage over you and to ultimately be in control of the relationship, right? Because again, as we've talked about many a times on this show, narcissism is very much about being in control. So they'll use any tactic or any maneuver to stay in control. Question number six, why does a narcissist say we should never see each other again and then five months later initiate a call in which he wants to meet? Once again, that question is, Why would a narcissist say we should never see each other again and then five months later initiate a call saying that we should meet? In this instance, I would say that the individual wants to be in control, right? You've probably not had contact with him in the five-month period, or if you have had contact with him in that five-month period, it hasn't been the type of contact that they were looking for, right? They were probably looking for you to be begging and, and crying and always at their door and so on and so forth. The fact that you didn't do that in that period in time 
made them reach back out to you to kind of gauge the nature of the relationship and gauge to see if you are still interested in them and still interested in being under their control, right? If you, my thing is, if you went that long without being around the narcissistic individual, you can certainly go longer. Um, the more distance you can create between yourself and this person, the better, because this person only wants to control you. Their behaviors won't change no matter the time period. Their behaviors won't change. Um, they're just looking for ways to keep you under their control and keep you under their spell. All right. So that's all I have for you guys tonight. Thank you guys again for listening in. Remember, you guys can send those questions into TQLP. 20 at gmail.com for any of our big Wednesday episodes. Once again, that's TQLP20 at gmail.com. Or feel free to hit us up on our Facebook page, The Quality of Love Podcast. Remember, guys, as always, the quality of love and relationships that you have in your life will determine the quality of your life. Peace and love.